Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of the Starkville Daily News, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a, it's going to be a Sunday afternoon because even though there is no victory Sunday, I just don't want to work anymore. I'm just going to put it up and be done with it. Well, uh, Leach won the press conference Friday. That was good enough. I'll go with that. I'll go with that. Uh, I want to thank you guys for tuning in at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get your podcast. We appreciate all our listeners, especially our great servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors, Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Uh, if you're listening today and you're in Starkville, you should go buy uh, Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. You know why? Because they have ice cream. Because it's the day that ends in Y and they have ice cream. They have ice cream, yeah. Well. I, I'm going to go by there, but it's just I'm going to the other side. So, Strange Brew Coffeehouse, yeah. I need to get over there. I've got a, I got a freebie waiting on me. I've had several freebies lately, and I have used them all. So if anybody would like to contribute to the Joel T. Coleman Doesn't Want to Pay Fund, uh, you can go to Strange Brew Coffeehouse and leave me Come on now. pretty much anything for free. I don't Come really on care now. what. I'm not picky, but if it's Come free, on. if it's free, I will don't beg. participate don't beg. and drink that. Don't be like that. I'm not begging. I'm just saying if anybody yeah. would like to contribute, I'm not going to turn it away. I guess. All right. I also want to thank our other sponsor, uh, College Corner. I think that special is still running through the end of the business today. So go by the store, one of their two locations in uh, in Jackson, over in Ridgeland by Feet Fleet Feet. By the feet, half- feet, 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 feet. You get a little sassy today, Coleman. I don't know if I like it or not. <laughs> we'll see where it goes. Ah. Uh, or by uh, the Half Shell in uh, Flowood. Or you can and just mention the podcast. Or you can use the pirate, the pirate code, Pirate. Pirate. It's, a, it's an online code. It's a coupon code. It's, it is pirate, though. It's also a verbal code, didn't you say? Did you did you say that? I think you have to. If you go to the store, you got to say, "Hey, I heard on Thunder and Lightning." Yeah. But if you go online, you use the code pirate. Twenty five percent off any MSU related purchase. So, logo wear stuff you want to have around the house, tailgating stuff. Not good at math, but that is one quarter off of every dollar. That is correct. Who said you weren't good at math? Man, you just, look at just that. did that right there. Look at that. Go check them out. Collegecornerstore.com or go to College Corner. We got a uh, a different kind of show today. We're not going to talk about basketball today uh, because I feel like that deserves its own show. I think we've I think we got some bigger picture issues to talk about when we can talk about basketball. Uh, and we'll do that tomorrow because we have to preview a game tomorrow anyway. Mississippi State will be at the hump uh, tomorrow night. I know you're probably thinking, just a real quick basketball thing, uh, I know you're probably thinking, oh, I don't want to go see basketball. Ah, you got to think they're going to introduce Mike Leach at that. So, you know, might be, I want to show up and have, give him a good crowd. Don't know if that's the case, the case or not, but we'll see. We'll try to find that out, by the way. I would am- I, I would, would be, think they would announce that, though. I mean, probably, you know, that's not something they're going to hide. Probably so. Um, we're going to talk about Mississippi State football. We're going to talk about Mississippi State in terms of expectations. And I, and what I, I, I believe is a new day for Mississippi State. Yes, and, it is. And, <laughs> and 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 we're also going to we're, we we have to bury something today. Some something has to be buried, and that's a narrative. We're going to bury a narrative. Well, that, that fits because as I was pulling in the parking lot, I was behind a hearse. 
So they were. Was it one of yours? No, the, the Coleman no, had, fleet? had no Coleman had no Coleman funeral home signage upon it. And, yeah, uh, don't not not sure which uh, undertaker so that's why, that was. That's why I handle. That's why I have you handling all my yeah. death business. Yeah, it's one stop shopping. I get the, the funeral plus the eulogy taken care of in one spot. Yeah, but anyway, I, I hear you're going to die in a hundred years anyway, so you might as well in, enjoy the th- might as well enjoy finer it. things of life like thunder and lightning. So continue. Um, if you're an MSU fan and you know. An Ole Miss fan, and we all do. If you're a MSU fan who's on social media, uh, if, you, if you're on a message board, you've heard it. You've heard the narrative that we're going to bury today that all all state cares about is beating Ole Miss. That's all they care about. They go one and eleven. They don't care as long as they beat Ole Miss. We're here to put that one to rest. All right, you're, you're you got anything, dearly beloved? Uh, ashes to ashes, <laughs> dust to dust. <laughs> Um, if you don't believe that's true, then listen a little longer and you'll trust us. I, that, that, that was terrible. It was go, not great. Just go. Just go. I, I just for the record, when I go, <laughs> I want better than that. Uh, I, I want a little bit more. I don't want any poems. Yeah. You know, there was a period of time when I shared a few odes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, those were great, but not, not when I go. I would like a nice respectable ceremony, if you would, please. Anyway, Mississippi State just fired a coach who was 2-0 and against Ole Miss. Yeah. Just, yeah. Took them to two bowl games. They fired him. They went out and hired a sitting Power 5 head coach, and not just anyone, a successful one. A one that has come up many times when Ole Miss has had to do coaching searches, and bless them, they've done so many recently. A coach that has a national name, a national reputation, uh... I asked John Cohen about this at the press conference, and he gave me the John Cohen political answer. But it feels to me that there is a new day dawning for Mississippi State in terms of what they're going to expect from their football program. Now, that is not to say, and I've been talking to, I've been talking to people on Twitter all weekend, and that was just, that was my first mistake. But I don't think it, it means that we're just going to wake up tomorrow and Mississippi State's going to win the SEC West. There's a process to this. But I feel like this, these last two moves, firing Moorhead and hiring Leach, makes MSU more invested in the process than they've ever been before. That they feel like this is a program, especially now with Alabama sort of teetering. Just, it's, not, it's not huge. I'm not saying the dynasty's dead. But Saban is run, the, the, the clock is running on Nick Saban. Now, LSU is moving up into the world, but Joe Burrow is going to leave, and we see that uh, Matt Rule has targeted Joe Brady as his top candidate to be the Carolina offensive coordinator. Can't see a scenario where Brady, who is an NFL guy by trade, would want to you know turn that down. But we'll see. But that program could be, you know, in some flux next year. And again, not to say that it's this year, but. What I'm seeing from Mississippi State, paying a coach $5 million a year. They upped the assistant pool by $1.2 million. Um, next, they fired a coach who had won two Egg Bowls and had gone to two straight bowl games. All of that, to me, says we want a little bit more. So my two questions are for you. One, do you agree? And that two, can they do it? One is yes. And the expectations, though, there's one man 
by and large, you can credit for that, and he's coaching at Florida right now. Yeah, I agree with that. I think you're right, and I think that the genesis of it was the Mullen era. Um, I think, too, that you can believe everything that you just said about it being a little bit of a different era. I'm always a believer that where the money is tells a lot about a person. You know, if you're listening right now, I dare say you could tell me, you know, what you love and enjoy. But I guarantee you, if I see your bank statement and I see what you're spending your money on, I can really tell you what you love and enjoy. Now, when you look at Mississippi State's bank statement, they just upped what they're spending on their football coach and football coaching staff by a total of about $3 million. Because Joe Moorhead was making $3 million, a little over. Assistant pool was about three and a half, so about six yeah. and a half. And now, Mike Leach is making $5 million. Assistant pool is 4.7. 9.7 million. About 9.7. You're spending more than $3 million a year now mm. on the head football coach and his staff. So we talked about the uh, shout out College Corner again. They're 25% off. Well, State just had about a, what? What is that? About a, I told you I was bad at math. Yeah. Um, well, it went from, what do we say? It went from 6.5. Went from 6.5 up n- to about 9.5. So, what, what, I mean, 150%. About 150% increase. Yeah. Uh, that sounds right. Sure. I'm that, sure somebody will tell us I'm wrong. That, to me, sounds like you're a little more invested. Because you are. Uh, is beating Ole Miss still darn important? Yeah. Yeah. In any State's never going to have a season where they... I, I guess you can't say this definitively, but I feel pretty good in saying State's probably never going to win the West in a season in which they lose to Ole Miss. That's probably not going to happen. I highly doubt it. So you're probably going to have to always beat Ole Miss if you have higher aspirations. It could have happened in 14. It could have. If State had beaten Alabama, they could have lost Ole Miss and still won the West. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but by, it's, it's by gonna, you're large, right that it's gonna be you have rare. to be above Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Always. Um, and so it's always going to be important. But to me, yes, this was a definitive statement that there is more to Mississippi State football than just beating Ole Miss. Now, will it continue to be a narrative for people in Oxford particularly? Yeah. Are there still state fans, particularly the long-suffering ones, those that have probably suffered longer than you and and uh, I back when I was just Joel T. It's a great day to be a Bulldog, Joel T. Um, there are long-suffering folks out there that probably would still be content with 1-11 as long as the ones Ole Miss. There are probably people listening to our voice right now that would still be at least okay with 1-11 as long as the one was Ole Miss. But by and large, I think it is a new day of Mississippi State football. I think they have shown it financially. I think they have shown it by canning a coach that's 2-0 and against Ole Miss. I think they have shown it um, in, in this entire process by firing a man um, despite a success against Ole Miss, despite two bowls, firing, bumping up $3 million. I mean, I, I don't know how you can at this juncture say it sure looks like they're aspiring for a little bit more. Can they get it? It's a million-dollar question, or in this instance, it's about, about, a, about a $10 million about a $10 question. $10 million question, yeah. Um, Ooh. I mean – Hold on, hold on. Everybody who's listening to this will already know, but I, I just – I like getting with Joel here. What do you think the score of the Chiefs-Texans uh, game is Ten minutes, five minutes into the game? Chiefs 17 nothing. Texans 14 nothing. Wow. Yeah. Man, upset weekend maybe. It's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, you, you all will know by the time you listen to this probably what the final was. But anyway. Oh, it shouldn't be that long. Uh, 
can they get it? I mean, look, everybody's listening right now probably wants me to say, yeah, they can get it. Historically, historically, the answer to that is probably not. You know? Yeah. And, and, I, and that's not me trying to be the wet blanket. That's me saying that it's really, really tough to hop above Alabama and LSU it is. and Auburn and Texas A&M and that machine with the money they've got. It's, I mean, historically, realistically, if you want to take off your maroon and white glasses for just a second, you know, if you're a betting man, you would probably, if you if you lost your house, if you were wrong kind of deal, you would probably be safer to bet no. Yeah. Is that fair to say? No, it's very fair. That said, I think Mike Leach, and I think that D.C. hire is going to mm. be critical. It will be. Because I feel like Mike Leach has always had offensive success and has always found ways to win. And you look at his recruiting class. I I went through the 24-7 database a day or two ago. I don't think he has – if I remember right, I don't think he's ever had a top 25 recruiting class. Ever. No. Not one. No. Not one time in all of his head coaching tenure has has he had that. Those places he was at don't have those kind of classes. They haven't had them since, and they didn't have them before. Yeah, that too. I said that for Washington State with since. I don't know. You know, next year they could come out and Hugh Freeze to Washington State, and they're in the top ten. You know? <laughs> but I say all that to say, he's had this success with players that aren't exactly world beaters. And, and so you would think coming in to a place that, Look, State's not Alabama or Georgia or whatever on the recruiting trail, but they're pretty frequently around the top 25 in the country. So he's going to have better players. Mm-hmm. Defensively, John Cohen kind of hit on some of this the other day, too. And in the, well, Leach did, too, the recruiting radius around Starkville. I mean, you can walk outside your house and chunk a rock and hit a, probably a pretty good defensive player. Um, his defenses are probably going to be much better than he had at those other places. Too. So you would think that even if his offense drops off a little, his defense should probably be a little better because you're going to have a little better talent defensively. State, very rarely is State just putrid defensively, to steal your word. And so all, the, all this, when you start swirling it around in your head a little bit, you can draw up a scenario to where Mike Leach comes in here and has a ton of success, too. Um, and he's a guy that at both coaching stops was there for, he was Texas Tech 10 years, Washington State 8 years, and it seemed like he might have been content to just stick around at Washington State had he not, you know, really liked what he saw at State. So he's a guy that's not really a job-hopping dude is what I'm trying to say. So Mm -hmm. it seems like if he starts to have success, he's going to want to continue to build on that success. So, I mean, there there are things to look at and say, yeah, historically they're probably not going to, but... There's some unique differences here with Mike Leach from the money he's making to the style of offense he runs to the stories we hear at press conference that are just different with this hire. And can that take State to a different place than they've ever been in the echelon of things? I mean, again, if I'm betting my house on it, I'm betting the other way. But this this does, to go carry this all the way back to the beginning, it feels like a new day a little bit. The thing with Leach is this. If you look at his, his college tenure, his, his two stops at Texas Tech, it's not just about winning eight, eight, eight or nine games. You know, He won eight games ten or more times. I'm sorry, eight games eight times in ten seasons at Texas Tech. He won it eight or more uh, four times in seven seasons. 
And Texas Tech, he took over a program that was pretty good when he got there. They weren't terrible. So there wasn't a whole rebuild. Washington he had State to, was 0-12, weren't they, before he got there? No, it was Washington. Oh, Washington. Washington State, though, was not good. Don't, don't, <laughs> yeah. don't ask like they were. Yeah. They, they were they were bad. He had to rebuild there. Once he got it rebuilt, they, they started rolling. But what he also was able to do in some instances was find years where he was able to, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I don't want to put this, challenge the top, for the top spots. Uh, he finished second in the, uh, the division, the South, the, uh, the Big 12 South, won two uh, twice and won at once and went to the Big 12 championship game. And that's when Texas is at their absolute peak, right? This is peak Mac Brown, early 2000s. You yeah. know? They won the world, the national title, the national title in uh, 2005. Texas Tech was 9 3 that year. 2008, they beat Texas. They win the they they lose the uh, the Big Twelve championship game and then they they went to the Cotton Bowl. Washington State he finished second and then tied for first in the division. So I mean he's been able to have years where he's able to jump up, and he does it for the most part without having the backslide year. You know I talk about the five year cycle at State where there might be a year where you slide back. Never really had that. I mean at Texas Tech this is his records seven and six seven and five. Nine and five, eight and five, eight and four, nine and three, eight and five, nine and four, eleven and two, eight and four. Pretty solid. Uh, now he had a slide back here this past year at Washington State. Uh, after he got out of the rebuild, he went nine and four, eight and five, nine and four, eleven and two. This past year, seven and six and seven. So he had a slide back here, but still, still in a bowl game. Um, one thing I've enjoyed reading this weekend, and going back to Ole Miss fans and their narratives. Sorry, sorry to rip on you guys today, but sometimes you deserve it. Uh, there are people pointing out his Apple Cup uh, record. Oh, he's 1-8 and eight in the Apple Cup in the rivalry games. Can't wait to see this guy. Okay, y'all let me know when Ole Miss and Washington have the same talent level. Somebody tap me on the shoulder when that happens. Why don't you tell me what his record against Oregon State was? That would probably be a better uh, indicator of what, he, of what he's done uh, against teams with that kind of talent level. What you're saying with the, in the Washington thing is that, that might be his record against Alabama. If State could win one out of nine against Alabama, that would be pretty good. It's been a while since you had that one. What's his record against Arizona State? Maybe that's not even a good example either. So, Mike Leach is a winner. So people, are, people are killing me on Twitter about recruiting. I'm like, the guy's a winner. What? Who cares? Who cares about his recruiting? You know, nobody at State State is never going to be able to out-recruit Alabama, LSU, George Auburn. It's just never going to happen. It's just never going to happen. You might have a year where you jump up. If you if you go back to two seasons ago, 2019, if you could have kept the majority of your that ridiculous class in state, you could have had a top ten class, sure. But the state of Mississippi just doesn't produce enough guys on a year in year out basis for you to have highly rated recruiting classes. You ha- if you're going to get four and five star guys, you could for the most part you got to go out of the state, and states just never going. They just don't do that. They just they just don't. You know. Could it change? Could it ever change? I guess it could change, but it would take decades, you know, decades of, of getting it figured out. Even Clemson with, with Dabo, it didn't. It wasn't overnight. You know, they didn't recruit like gangbusters right out of the gate. They were they what they were able to do was get an elite quarterback. And when they did that, and that's that's something you can look at with Mike Leach, especially. You got to think there there's going to be quarterbacks who b- would not have been interested in Mississippi State before that will be interested now. Same with receivers. We've been talking about it for a little while now, this class of 2021. Four four-star receivers in this class. Got to think State's going to get a couple of those guys who want to come up here and catch 50, 60, 70 balls a year. 
So things are going to change. MSU fans, not really known for their love of change. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll keep it sort of, that's about as nice as I can put it. What kind of backlash does Mike Leach, Mike Leach face, even in winning, just by the way he's going to coach? Will there be some? If he's winning, no. Okay. I mean, I, I think that's a slam dunk no. If he's winning, people ain't going to care how he's doing it. I can't imagine. I don't know. There, there's probably that guy out there somewhere. I think you tweeted something today about how there's a subset of fans that you could give them tax for a million dollars and they'd find something to complain about. I mean, there's probably that. But by and large, people aren't going to care how many times he throws the football or how he's winning or whatever if he's winning. Now, if he's struggling, it wasn't all that long ago, folks, there was a hashtag. Always run, never pass. We're, 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 we're reversing that now. So we, had to, uh, we just had to bury something else. Yeah. Something else just got buried. Isn't it? That, that, that hashtag has to go. Um, if, if all of the passing is failing, yeah, you best believe that, that Twitter's going to be a dumpster fire every game. And, and God bless Paul and, and Robbie and, and Steve and all those guys at, at Gene's page. Um, just dealing with the message board fire they're going to have over there. Um, if if Leach pulls a three and nine or something, and the offense isn't working, and all he's doing is throwing, and there's nobody to catch the ball, I mean, yeah, then yeah. But I don't think anybody's going to give a crap as long as the wins are coming. You're probably right. But no, no I'm right. Uh, you think? Yeah. I'm, I'm, there, 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 I'm right. there are some MSU fans, but I wish we just run the ball. <laughs> That's going to happen. I guarantee it. And we wish we were better defend. You know, win a game fifty-five fifty. We're just so terrible defensively. You're just going to hear stuff like that. It's going to happen. I don't, I don't have any doubt about that. Um, you, you mentioned Mike Leach and, and you know wanting to stay here a long time, possibly a guy who has not jumped around a good bit. He's also 58 years old, you know. So I mean, even if he coaches 10 years, he's going to be 68 at that point. I mean, yeah. it is. We talked about Saban a minute ago. Sort of the same thing with Mike Leach in that you know he doesn't have a 20-year career ahead of him at Mississippi State, anything of that nature. But what – you know, year one, let's let's draw up some expectation level for him. I think the schedule has winnable games. All four of the non-conference games are winnable. Arkansas is winnable. Ole Miss is winnable. Uh, Missouri is winnable. That's seven winnable yeah. games. At Kentucky is winnable. Uh, and then Auburn and A&M at home are winnable. Now, that's not to say State's going 10-2, but I'm just saying if they can win seven of their winnable games, of their nine winnable games, and you lose, you know, you're seven and five in year one, I think MSU fans, I mean, they go to a bowl game and win that maybe, which would be a welcome surprise for MSU fans at this point. Uh, I think a seven and five year one is a very reasonable expectation for Mike Leach here at Mississippi State. Yeah, particularly given the personnel you got to work with the adjustment level that you got. Look, are you confident? Here's my question for you. Are you confident in year one that Osiris Mitchell and Austin Williams and Javante Payton and I guess Malik Heath and some of these signings, like, are you confident in year one that this is going to work? <laughs> I guess I guess to just boil it down to its basics with – Possibly, I guess Garrett Schrader is going to be the starting quarterback. I mean, we don't really know. Um, Will Rogers is probably more that style, but do you run the freshman out there over Schrader and 
Tom, I mean, we don't really know what it's going to look like from a, a quarterbacking standpoint, but are you confident he can just – because he said on Friday, how long is it going to take you know to put this offense in? It's, uh, about a week. Yeah. <laughs> like it's well, never it's, taken it's, long. It's known for being simple. It's known for being a very simplistic offense. And Joey Moorhead's was not. Was not. At all. Was not. Uh, so maybe so. Maybe maybe you take the here, thinking out of this thing, and this these this group, this Osiris Mitchell group, and all these other guys, maybe they're about to take off because all of a sudden they can quit thinking and just catch a football. Yeah. I mean, and this offense is predicated a lot on short passes and a lot of yard after the catch. Now that's going to be something that's going to be interesting to figure out because SEC defenses, super fast, how much yard after the catch. But if, if you're getting four or five yards per play, who cares? You know, you, you get you're going to be moving the football. You're be moving the chains. Um, they're going to have to. They're going to get the opportunities. I think Austin Williams is a guy who could benefit from this, this system because yeah. he's a reliable receiver. Yeah, who can, who's uh, going to catch the ball if it's Osiris Mitchell for the most part was a reliable receiver. He just sort of disappeared. And to answer your question about the quarterback, it's interesting to see how similar the stats were for Bo Nix and Garrett Trader. They're pretty similar, but one guy everybody loved. Another guy, everybody's already ready to throw him out with the bathwater there. And, you know, one guy had great receivers and the other guy didn't. So, in this system, I, I, I look at Garrett Schrader and I think two things. One, he's going to have opportunities. I know he's talented. Talent's not the issue. I know he's got the arm talent to do this. But two, when, you, when you're spreading the field and running four and five wide and, you know, you're forcing DBs into, into those situations. And you're going to force guys, you know, if they blitz, because you're throwing so quick, blitzes aren't going to be super effective. Um, it's going to open up some running opportunities for him as well. Um, now, with Kylan Hill, is he going to come back or not? I, I would be very interested to see Kylan Hill. Because just looking through the years at what he's had, Kylan Hill would easily be the most talented running back uh, Mike Leach has ever coached uh, as a head coach. And Kylan Hill has proven in the past he can be a, a reliable receiver. Let's stop there a second. Are you late? We're, we're just totally guessing at this point. I don't think anybody knows. It's starting to look like he's coming back, isn't it? I, th- I thought that he was going to be coming back before Mike Leach was hired. Now, with Mike Leach here and knowing what Mike, Le- Mike Leach wants to do on offense, I can understand why that would give a running back pause. Mm-hmm. But here's, here's the other side of that. We talked about how you only have so many carries, right? And you don't want to you know, you give out 250, 300 carries for free. You're not going to do that under Mike Leach. You're going to carry the ball 150 times, maybe. So, you know, it might add a little shelf life there. Now, you're going to catch the ball 40 or 50 times, and in some cases, his second leading receiver last year was his running back, 86 catches. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, it helps with your NFL talent, I would think. You know, it shows, hey, I'm versatile. I can catch the ball as well. I can be on the field on third down. Yep. So, I'm sort of 50-50, I think. I think that he's. I think he was leaning towards it. I th- from everything I've heard, and this is just the rumor mill working. That's what his family wants. They want him to come back and finish up. Uh, and you know, a lot of times, you know, in this world, especially here in the South, what Mama wants, Mama gets. Mm-hmm. But I don't know for sure. But if he does come back, I think he could be a big weapon. I think it's really interesting that he was at the airport. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. We're using that some context clues here. That. Mississippi State put out the the footage of Mike Leach's first team meeting, and they purposefully in the in the video there was a shot of Kylan Hill. They could have showed anybody in that yeah, slot, yeah. And they purposefully showed a guy that said he was leaving. Said he was leaving, and, and to me, 
if if internally at Mississippi State you felt like he might not even be on this team, is that a guy you show in that shot? I, and, and look, that may be me looking too far into things, but I guess doing what we do, it's our job to kind of that's our job. examine things a little bit. I think bit. he'll be back, but I won't be surprised if he's yeah, not. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that, that's where I'm at. I, I feel like he's feel like he's coming back. Like if you may be guest today, but we'll see. We'll see. Now we'll you'll, see. You, you may listen to this and he announce yeah. like five minutes later he's gone. Yeah, so. you're right. Um, so I do. I, I think you know our our premise is this. It's a it's a it's a new day for expectations. I don't know that it's a new day for results just yet. It's going to be a process for that. But here's the thing with Dan Mullen. The process was he built it over what nine years, and he had it set. I think to take the next step. And it, through the confluence of circumstances, namely the hiring of Joe Moorhead and the, the inability to get what he wanted to do offensively done in this conference, it never happened. It was set to launch, and it didn't. Yeah. Mike Leach has to start sort of start a little bit back over. I'm not not in the same way that Joe Moorhead talked about having to rebuild the program and rebuild. Although there is some culture rebuild that has to happen now. It didn't have to happen before. But the process is going to begin again. But that's the thing. If you can win eight games four or five years in a row, you can have a year where you jump up. and Maybe you take a slide back year to six wins. That's fine. But if you continually do that, and if we're sitting here, if you and I are still doing this podcast in 2025, and State's bowl streak is at 15 years at that point, then you can start talking about, okay, they can maybe take another step forward. That's where you were with Mullen, and that's where you can get with Leach. I think. Yeah. And, and you you know, we talked off, started this off kind of talking about how uh, maybe beating Ole Miss it and what it used to be as far as that was the goal kind of thing. Um, I think some of that gets helped too by the fact that now at both schools, you got two coaches that probably don't wake up in the morning thinking about the Egg Bowl. I think that's safe to say. I'm pretty sure Lane Kiffin doesn't yeah. wake up in the morning thinking, oh, I hate those maroons, and I'm pretty sure Mike Leach doesn't wake to up. To wake up in the morning, don't you have to go to bed? That's like, true. When's Lane Kiffin going to bed? <laughs> but you get what I'm saying, man. I just You got two coaches I don't think now. Lane Kiffin wakes up at 3 in the afternoon. And, and I, I know that – I mean, when's the last time State had a couple of coaches at both schools that you could look at and say – not that they don't that, – that genuinely don't have a tie or a care or – I guess maybe Houston Nutt and Mullen originally, but Mullen was so, oh, we're beating Ole Miss. That he walked in saying he it. He walked in saying it. And Nutt had been around the SEC long enough to know what that game was, too. And, uh, I mean, then you go from Nutt to Hugh Freeze, who knew all about the Egg Bowl. And, maybe, maybe, I mean. And then you had Matt Luke on the other side, who grew up in the Egg, or, egg Bowl. Or Jerron and Kroon. I mean, that's not a good example because you don't want to have those guys' results, but Orgeron probably didn't give much of a care for the Egg Bowl. Yeah. And Kroom, you know full well he cared more about beating Alabama than he cared about beating Ole Miss. Yeah, that's probably fair. That's probably going back to that because before they got Jackie and, and Billy Brewer. So Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Yeah, these two, I think it's, it's going to – they have bigger fish to fry. And that's what Leach said when he was asked about it on Friday was that, yeah, well, I know it's important, but I want to beat so many folks that everybody thinks we're the rival. Yeah. Like, everybody we play looks at us as the rival. Beating your rival is important. You know, you can't be the best team in the country without beating your rival consistently. Look at Alabama this year. Their inability to beat Auburn kept them out of the playoff. And if they beat Auburn, is there any doubt they're the number four team? Mm-mm. And, you know, you go from there. So you have to, you know, being number one in your state has got to be the first thing, and then you go from there. 
So and then Leach and but Leach and Kiffin are smart enough to realize that. So I'm excited for it. I'm excited for this new era of football in this state. Now, do I think the rivalry is going to get less toxic amongst the fans? No, it'll be just as bad as it always is. Yeah, but it won't be being driven by the universities anymore. I don't think we sort of had that the last couple of years, but now for sure, I think it'll it'll take a step back on that front. But within the fan base, it'll still be as bad as it ever, and it should be. It should be. That's what it's supposed to be. You know, just nobody to go poison the grove. Nobody go. You know. Put lead-based paint on bully, and we'll all be okay. And if you're a reporter, put your dot dot dots in the right spot. That's a that's a critical information, right there, Joel. <laughs> Tomorrow's show is about basketball. We'll talk about MSU. Uh, we'll preview the Mississippi State uh, Missouri game a little bit. But for the most part, we got we got some big questions we need to start being asked about Ben Hallen and his uh, his long-term future here at Mississippi State. I think I think it's time to start asking those questions. We'll do that on tomorrow's show. Hope you guys have a great rest of your Sunday and a Monday uh, morning, and we'll talk to you again very, very soon. For Joel T. Coleman, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.